0: Welcome to Alive and Kickin', the 90s Football Podcast. The podcast is more 90s than seeing Rent Boy, Spud, Sick Boy, Begbie all dancing around to Iggy Pop's Lust for Life. Yes, it's been 20 years since Train Spotting. Cool, where have the years gone, eh? My name's Ash Rose, welcome to the show and welcome to 2017. A happy new year to you all. I think I can still say that two weeks into the new year. And I think that's a cut off point, isn't it? But happy new year. I told you last time out we'll be back on a more regular basis. And here we are just two weeks into the new year and just a couple of weeks after our last podcast dropped, which I believe dropped on Christmas Eve. So I I hope that was a, a lovely Christmas treat for you all. And I hope you had a great festive period did you get anything 90s related football presents oh, I was a bit of a mouthful wasn't it but did you get any presents that were related right to 90s football I didn't unfortunately um maybe surprisingly I think uh, my wife and my friends and my family have kind of I've run out of ideas uh, in terms of presents from that era um, and space in my office if I'm honest because there's not a lot of room left to what with the Corinthian figures and the sports stars and the whatever else I've got on, on my shelves but yeah but one thing actually saying that Doing the last podcast, which was on kits, of course, with the great, great John Devlin, it did make me realise that I haven't collected enough top-of-the-range kits from the 90s. Um, So that's something I think I'm going to do in the new year. I do have uh, my number one, which was, of course, the USA 1994 kit, uh, the away kit from the World Cup that year. That hangs in my office. But I think I need a few more from that era, some of my favourites. Oh, I do own the the England one as well, the the Three Lions, uh, sort of blue one that's plastered all over. I think John called it the Cowardy Lion kit. Fantastic, best England kit ever. Yeah, I do own loads too, but I think I need a few more. It's quite fun actually saying that. Uh, We had some friends over uh, a couple of weeks ago and uh, the husband who I hadn't met before, but a very nice guy, into his football, and as he was leaving, poked his head into my office and, and saw all the figures and stuff, and then just sort of clocked his eyes on the USA 94 shirt, couldn't quite believe it was the, the, a replica shirt from that time, and I mean, when he touched it, as we said before, I couldn't believe how thick it is, um, like, such a great kit, come on, redo another one, that would be fantastic, uh, but it was great to go through those kits with, with John, who obviously knows his stuff, um, I do think, yeah, I think there was on Twitter we probably didn't mention a couple that we probably should have, um, not that my top 5 will change uh, that's set in stone it's like the mount rushmore Of top five kits of the 90s Um, but a couple I think Richard Buxton a friend of the show mentioned the the Germany kit from uh, the 1990 World Cup that they won in uh, which is obviously a classic from that era and the away kit which they wore in the semi-final against England as another top kit Um, I don't think they no, they wouldn't have made my top five but I think we should have given them an honorable mention I know the home I think that made the guys at Football Attic I think that was that number one in their top 50 kits of all time so I know it's a highly regarded kit um should have got an honorable mention um but um, we'll do a more kit show i know we, we discussed that with john do maybe some worse kits but we could do best kits as well there's still so much to talk about when it comes to kits in the 1990s it was such a great era and uh, Warning ahead, there's talk of kits later in today's show, but I'll get on to that in just a second. Um, but yeah, great to speak to John, we'll, we'll definitely speak to him in the future. I think we got a little bit confused actually to, on one of the kits that we were talking about. Um, I think uh, Andy and uh, Museum of Jerseys, pointed out on Twitter uh, that I was talking about the Mag United away kit from 91-92. The Maple Leaf uh, blue kit that's famous for Lee Sharp and that hat-trick against Arsenal in the League Cup. Um, and I think they were in a League Cup final as well. Uh, but I think John kind of got his wires crossed and I got my wires crossed and thought we were talking about the uh, the one that's quite late this sort of season later the more royal blue one that looked like tree bark again a fantastic kit um, but I think we got overexcited we both love kits uh, and we're talking about two different ones, but both excellent kits. And I think everyone got the gist of what we were saying anyway. So um, it's not, you know, we're just excited. What can we say? So, yeah, hope you enjoyed that show. Thanks again to John and to Ian Bishop as well, who we had on the show uh, on that, who was a great guest living the life now in in the sunny L.A., Son, I guess, in in America, so it was good to speak to him. Before I talk about today's show, I just wanted to say, uh, pass our condolences on as well to the sad news that happened this very week uh, the death of Graham Taylor, which very, very sad, very, very sudden. Um, obviously, a big personality of the 90s, uh, firstly with Aston Villa, then his time with England, which is obviously didn't go as well as probably he hoped. Um, but having interviewed him a couple of times in in my career, he's a very very nice man. Um, the, the amount of sort of love that's come out in the last couple of days from so many people in the game can tell you how much you know he was thought of. Um, excellent club manager, uh, as I said, Aston Villa and Watford in the eighties, and then again at the end of the decade taking him back to to the Premier League. Uh, I think he was a good pundit as well, maybe an underused pundit. Um, it's just unfortunate his time in England where I think although he made a few bad decisions of course but I think he was stuck in that sort of transitional period from the squad at 90 to the squad that would actually become you know that that great squad at Euro 96 and so I think he was in that transitional period where Lineker went and Alan Shearer was quite raw at that point and that team never quite worked out for him and also that famous night uh, in Rotterdam and the, the, the the quote of do I not like that came from but um, if you get the chance to watch a documentary, Do I Not Like That as well, The uh, the Hardest Job in the World, which uh, features in the, the Alive and Kicking book, and I think we've mentioned it on here before. Fantastic documentary. Shows how passionate, how much he wanted that job to work, and for whatever reason, timing and a couple of bad decisions didn't work. But very, very sad news. So um, condolences go to friends and family of, of Graham, because it's, it's very sad to hear of uh, his sad passing this week. Also, uh, on on the flip side of that, hearing that Brian Robson was 60 this week, Kind of surprised me. 60? When did that happen? Wow. (laughs) Just... It's just time flies. I still think of him as old Captain Marvel running around the, the midfield at Italia 90, half-injured, or scoring that goal for Man United in one of his last seasons at Selhurst Park. I think it was the season they won the, the Premier League, the first league for 26 years. I remember that goal. Uh, but now he's 60, so happy birthday to him. He did like the tweet that we put on wishing him a happy birthday, which, of course, is that famous picture which we will discuss with my guest at the top of the uh, the proper show uh, of him in the uh, the half-suit, half-kit from his Middlesbrough press conference. Whose idea was that? Seriously? I mean where did that come from? Bizarre, absolutely bizarre, but yeah, thank it was a yeah, a bit weird to see that Brian Robson is sixty, so happy birthday to him. But talking of today's show, then, um, what we've done with my guest, someone you'll know for uh, regular listeners of AK90s, you'll know very well Mr. Joel Young, who uh, was on our very first show back at the start of last season, along with uh, Paddy O'Sullivan. Um, he is back. He's back for 2017. Uh, and we're talking in a show that we've kind of labelled tied to the 90s. So we go through a few things, a little lists of things that for us are quintessentially 1990s. They may have started a little bit earlier, they may have finished a little bit later, but really when you say them, you're kind of transported to that decade and kind of associate them with the 1990s. So, yeah, that's what we're going through today. Uh, we've also got a great guest who fits perfectly into that category as well, uh, an ITV personality, very much from that time. He also shared some great memories of Graham Taylor, which unfortunately, uh, time to discuss with him, but he does tell some fond memories of, of the great man. So, that's all to come. Before we go on to that, then, just let me remind you that you can follow us on Twitter at AK90s. And please do always get in touch. As I said earlier, we have some great stuff this week uh from different personalities on twitter and and posting pictures and just a lot of people getting sort of used to new to the show and and saying how much they like it so thank you very much do follow us on twitter and on facebook we might try instagram i don't know i'm thinking about it not snapchat no idea i'm definitely too old for that decided haven't got a clue what it's all about so anyone who wants to to me feel free but i haven't got a clue what's going on with that thing very strange uh it's so one for the kids i guess yeah one for the kids But yeah, do follow us on there, and if you uh, enjoy the podcast, it's available on all podcast platforms, Uh, so SoundCloud, all the rest of them, as well as, of course, on iTunes, and if you are, if iTunes is your weapon of choice in terms of podcast listening, if you would be kind enough to give us a five-star rating and a little review, it does help us out tremendously in getting uh, the show more recognised, because I know the audience is out there, we just want to keep building it and building it, so if you could do that, that would be fantastic. Please check out uh, ak90s.co.uk as well. I've been a bit quiet on there uh, recently, but I'm going to start posting a few more articles on there. Um, The podcast we did with Sid Lambert a couple of shows ago where we went through our 11s of potential players who could have gone on to be something in the 90s or a title that was better suited than that. Um, I've done a little kind of Merling sticker, thrown in a few other kind of cards and stuff, sort of article on those players that we picked. So check that out. That'll be posted up uh, later this week or... uh, today as i as i finish this podcast hopefully uh, just in terms in of workload but i'll try and get that up as well but no i'm going to post a few more 90 related tidbits on there as well so keep an eye on that but let's let's go into the meaty stuff of today's show then here is me chatting with the great joel young borough fan 90s football ex encyclopedia oh let's call him that why not um, he's one of our we've got a few of those but joel is definitely one of them so here is him talking to me plus enjoy our in a great interview with uh, I.T.V.'s former anchor of football in the 90s. Elton Willsby is the name. Hopefully you remember and you'll enjoy his interview. So enjoy the show. Okay, so joining me on today's show is my guest. He's a regular voice on AK90s. Not one we've heard this season though, so it's good to welcome him back. He's a man who appreciated... The, the the sight of Brian Robson in a suit and shorts, more than most probably, uh, in a tweet that we did yesterday. Happy birthday, Brian Robson, by the way. Um, he is Middlesbrough fan and 90s football encyclopaedia, Joel Young. How you doing, buddy? I'm very well, Ash. How are you? I'm very well. Happy New Year to you, belated. Happy New Year to
1: you as well, yeah. It's funny, you know, yesterday, I don't know whether you saw my tweet, I'm at Joel Baby Herc, if anybody's interested. Cheap plug. Uh, right?
0: <laughs>
1: bang. Um <laughs> But Brian Robson being 60 really threw me. Because yeah. in my head, he's he's still about 40, 41, 42. And I remember him seeing him play at and Park and stuff like that, you know, when he, when he was our manager and actually turned out. for. So for him to be 60, kind of blew my mind a bit. But that picture is the classic one of all time. Because normally it would be the shirt and the suit, you know, the, the football team <laughs> shirt that you come out in. But for whatever reason. And what is even more strange about that picture is although he's wearing the top half of a sort of businessman of the 1990s and then the bottom half he's wearing the borough kit of the time, <laughs>
0: he's not wearing any shoes. No, it's like he couldn't quite decide to go with like formal shoes to match the top or football boots to match the bottom. It couldn't it quite mix it up, could he? It's
1: such a wacky idea that I don't know whose idea yeah, that was. I might, sold that some, one? <laughs> I might have to do some chasing on that. I'll tell you what, I'll do. Leave it with me. I'll get in touch with some people back in Middlesbrough and I'll see what I can do on that one because there's got to be some story behind it. But be, it's yeah. always it's always one that gets churned out and it always raises. Oh, we a, had yeah.
0: As soon as we knew it was a a we had to get it on Twitter. And I was like, yeah oh, I couldn't believe he was 60 Because in my head, I sixty. Still, I still remember him, you know, running around Italian ninety, half injured, Captain mm. Marvel, and all that. So yeah, to be sixty, happy birthday. He liked that tweet, by the way. So bless Brian. Russell did he? For that. Yeah, he did. Yeah, didn't read the Good yet, man. Annoyingly. But he did like mm. it, so yeah. So he obviously he remembers the joke quite well. But
1: you're you're like me, Ash, that you think that retweets are much more important than
0: that. Oh, yeah. Well, well, I'm sure he's got a lot more followers than we do. So they may <laughs> have appreciated, uh, you know, a little back and forth. But it's okay, Brian. It was your birthday. I'm sure you were too busy for that, mate. Well, um, indeed. But today's kind of, I'm going to go on that because that little picture kind of fits into one of the things we're going to talk about today. As I said in the intro, we're kind of calling it tied to the 90s. So, me and Joel are going to talk about a few things, some of which we may have covered briefly in other pods last season and this season. Uh, but things were kind of just stuck in that decade, whether they started maybe a little bit before, but they kind of sum up that decade. I think that's kind of the best way to describe what we're going to be talking about today. There's Joel's picked a few, I've picked a few. We, we don't know what we've picked, so there could be some crossovers, so that's always fun. Um, they're, warning, of course, there's kits talked about in my in my lot, because there has to be, because it's me. Um, <laughs> yes, yeah, so that's what we're going to do today. We, we haven't got a football CV, because Joel is a regular, but one thing I'm going to throw at him, he doesn't know this as well, is one thing that mm. I was going to, to introduce, I think I said it in the Season 2 opener as well, is that we want to get a collection of like players I like to call Time Forgot. So I'm I'm going to pray at you, Joel. You can think about this maybe name at the end of the show, but maybe a Middlesbrough player that we look, you remember fondly, but maybe time has not been so kind. Well, the one who's first sprung into my head. If you want to do it now, or well, we can go for it, it, it. now. Go end. on, it's up on. to you, uh, Mr. Uwe Fuchs. Oh, Uwe Fuchs. Uwe did he Fuchs. Did Millwall as well?
1: I think he did after he yeah. came. Was uh, Brian Robson a uh, Brian Robson signing in his? first uh, first season at the club, uh, got us, uh, we needed two strikers and he went out and bought Jan Fjortov and Uwe Fuchs right at the end, Jan, uh, Jan was a record buy, I think 1.1 million maybe, maybe 0.9, something like that, I can't remember anyway, and then we got Uwe Fuchs on loan from uh, Kaiserslautern where bizarrely, and this is absolutely true, his striking partner was Stefan Kuntz, so that was great. <laughs> quite... <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, that's a mouthful. That's a, a best, isn't yeah, it? Yeah. Well,
1: well, indeed. Uh, but uh, Uwe came in, He, uh, I think he scored nine goals in 11 games, was absolutely uh, fundamental in us getting promoted that season, because we'd started to have that little wobble that I think you do when you... And that was the season only one team went up automatically as well, otherwise it was playoffs for the for oh, right, second, well, third, second, third, fourth the, fifth. The so, uh, yeah,
0: they the leagues.
1: Premier League, yeah, so yeah. you had to win the league to get promoted. So he got Uwe Fuchs in. Fjordov did his job, and Uwe Fuchs was absolute cult hero. Scored all those goals, got us promoted. And then as soon as we went up, unceremoniously dumped by uh, Mister Robson, <laughs> just went. No, he's not good enough for the Premier League. Uh, yeah, he did his little job for us. That's it. And I think he had a, I think he had a bad time at Millwall. And I can't remember where else he went, but he was voted uh, another English Cubs uh, worst worst players ever.
0: Yeah, I definitely remember Millwall because my brother-in-law who's been on the show a couple of times, Rob Gallagher, he's mentioned him in the past. I think he's remembered a bit not quite cult hero at Millwall, because I don't think he had a great time, but I think he scored a couple of goals that were quite significant in games. Mm. Could be wrong, Millwall fans listening, you correct me, but I do think he, there is a slight kind of fondness towards Uve Fuchs down at the Den as well. So yeah, good one. That's good. Uh, we'll, we'll be asking guests he, in the future for those. So great. Um, we'll Probably next time, Joe, will go outside of Middlesbrough, so I'll let you think in that one. So let's okay. get on to today's subject. We've got a good guest as well. I'll talk about the guest. Um, we'll do it probably halfway through once we've... Uh, had a few things under our belt but I'm going to throw the floor over to you Joel then so we are going to transport ourselves as we do always on this show back to the 1990s and talk about things that are so particular to that decade that we hold them quite dear to our heart so kick us off Mr Young what are you going for what are you going to talk about first?
1: Well I'm starting with something um that began in the 1980s but finished unceremoniously in the 1990s um it's called the Zenith Data Systems oh, Cup. it's not of
0: mine, too. <laughs> <laughs> well,
1: it was the first thing I thought of because yeah. I was because ca- it was the first time that and I know I'm, I'm terribly Middlesbrough centric, and I'm sorry for anybody you know non borough fans out there listening. But it was the first time we went to Wembley. Um, should I explain what it is first? Go what for the Zenith it, Data yeah. System yeah. Cup, cup was? Well, so in the um, aftermath of the High Soul disaster and all the English clubs being uh, banned from playing in European competition. The league decided that um, the the teams in Division 1 and Division 2, as was, needed something else to do through the week, you know, because there wasn't quite enough fixtures with a league programme, an FA Cup programme, a League Cup programme. They decided to throw this other little cup in, the Full Members Cup, which later became the, uh, I think it was, was it the Simod Cup in the 80s and then became
0: the Zenith
1: Data Systems Cup. Do do we know what Zenith Data did? Is it a computer thing? I have no I think idea. It was a
0: computer thing. Yeah, I, they don't exist anymore. I know that much, and it, it's just so. It, no, I, I did go looking, but I couldn't no, find out. It's like rumbleos; they've they've long gone. <laughs>
1: <laughs> There's kid's listening to this scratching, and heads going, "Rumble on, rumble world." You just make it up words yeah, now. They what are words. This?
0: Then it's data, and it sounds so nineties. Computer It's like some word that you'd see yeah. in some sort of weird eighties film, straight nineties film that's about computers. Yeah, it sounds yeah. like Fred Savage. S- right
1: something. Something or Matthew Broderick yeah. in war games <laughs> or something like that. You know, it's that kind of thing. Oh, yes, we got into the Zenith data, sir. I mean, that that's exactly what it was. It was just a nothing. There was no reward at the end bar this um, trophy. That was it. You got a day out at Wembley uh, and we got our first day out at Wembley. And I remember I, I lived a lick and a spit from Erson Park. I mean, you could, it, literally a stone's throw. Um, if if I was in and wasn't at the game, because I didn't start going to the game until I was about 16, 17. I just wasn't interested at all. Wrestling got me into football, bizarrely. But there you go. That's another story. And we'll if Boris scored, our sure. windows would rattle. Mm, our windows would rattle, you know, in the house. We, we lived that near to it. But I remember when we, uh, the tickets went on sale for Sunday morning and the queues must have gone on for about, and this is not hyperbola probably about a mile and a half, two miles of people queuing. To get these, you know, these weren't the crowds that uh, were going to Middlesbrough every week, by the way, to go, go and watch the game. You know, otherwise we'd have had 60,000 people every week and it wasn't them. But it was absolutely insane. You know, uh, Q snaking up and down roads for people to go to this Senate Systems Cup final, which we lost 1-0 to uh, Chelsea. Yeah. Which I, I can't see that really happening again in the 1990s. No, yeah, that wouldn't have That's the only time I remember that yeah. happening. But uh, Tony DiRigo long-range free kick. Tony but just what a strange... A strange competition. Chelsea won it twice. Forest won it twice. Beyond that, a nothing competition just to give the lads something to do.
0: Yeah, it was. I, do you know what I remember, man? I think Sky, in the very early days yeah. of football coverage, only had that so no. I remember the adverts for it so I could even see it like the graphics when they used to have this kind of weird thing I think Italian 90 sparked it with their graphics down the side and then along the bottom like a kind mm-hmm. of graph axle kind of type thing and they had that and I remember I think it could have even been a, I think it was a Palace Chelsea game actually so maybe that was one of the, the semi-finals or the early rounds and they were going massive on it and I, you know getting into football at the time had no clue what this cup was assumed it was just <laughs> always been around and the fact that it was called Zenith Data. I mean, it was such a, like you said, it's such a weird name. And though people moan about more games this time. I think the League Cup was treated. Now they had one below that in the Zenith Data Systems Cup. It, but I think it produced it, it, really good high-scoring games, if I remember rightly. They were pretty entertaining.
1: I, I think that people just thought there was, it, it, it was just, it was, it was a, it, this doesn't matter type yeah, competition. Yeah. You weren't really particularly bothered if you weren't out. You might get a bit of a payday if you eventually got to the final. But nobody was killing themselves to get there. I think we were in the second division as was when we got to the final. So, um, you know, just very 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 peculiar thing. But yeah, you're right about Sky. I mean, Sky was showing it. This was before there was a Sky Sports, if you yeah. want to believe that. Sky Sports I think kicked off in 1991, as I remember, with an edition of WCW wrestling. There you go. Oh, we go. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, it was it was just it was it was Sky's first sort of Dip of the toy in the football yeah. water, I suppose, where they were kind of just learning, learning what to do and, and figure figure out how to do it, and thinking that that and, and cricket were kind of gonna be a, a catch for them, and our right were proven
0: down the line yeah well i'm gonna i mean i had zenith data systems on my list but mainly because like you say it's so 90s and just the name of it but i can i'm gonna <laughs> quickly combat that because it's okay. in the yeah you know, cheap plug alert in the book a life and kick in and the ultimate guide to 90s nostalgia oh have you got have you got a book out? there is a book it, pre- it actually it's before the podcast it's what spawned this oh. show so yeah it's right, available where, could you, where could you get where could you get that book <laughs> i think it's still available on amazon i think over christmas they got a few tweets about it so yeah if you did get that for christmas that I hope nice. you enjoyed it um if not go and buy it it's brilliant if i say so myself um but yeah on the same page as the data system we also had uh, something that was very 90s that actually launched in 1992 as a new version of a previous competition that they ran in the 70s and that's the anglo-italian cup oh wow yes which bizarrely i I mean there is i remember doing the book on this but the the, the actual reason behind it's never quite clear because the competition again there was you know sprinkles of the fact that there was no european competition but this was for like second division well first division yeah. second division clubs from this league in so it would have been the premier league little brother would be in the first division and then Serie b so and it was clubs but it was a competition all clubs took part and it was a kind of knockout competition we did two you know i hate using the term lower leagues but that's what it was lower league mm. um, countries and again i mean it's it's a very bizarre one it, it lasted only throughout the 90s again i think the, the the crowd, too many games come the end of the decade. It, it got cancelled, and I don't think I think lack of interest by the end of it because you're getting Serie B teams, which weren't quite as glamorous as the <laughs> Serie R teams at the at the time. Especially you know we were talking the golden era of Italian football and mm-hmm. Lazzo and Channel Four and James Richardson and all that. Um, but it was a competition that you know sparked some some such, such silverware really for for teams like Notts County. Uh, it lasted yeah. four seasons I think it was in the end so I got the, I got the result well the the winners here Criminosi beat Derby Brescia <laughs> beat Notts County Notts County were the only English team to actually win the competition in 1995 completely they must have taken Blamorous. it seriously maybe Asculi and then finally Genoa uh, This is just brilliant. Genoa beat Port Vale in the fun. It's no disrespect to Port Vale, but, you know, cup finals and playing Italian teams isn't something you kind of associate with with Robbie Earle's former team. So, yeah, the Anglo-Italian Cup. Do you have memories of that, Joel? Very, very
1: vague ones. I remember um, remember Borough being in it, and I seem to remember us playing teams like Verona and uh, maybe like Bari when they were down in Serie B. Yeah. And very, very. I still remember Ivano Bonetti before he went to Grimsby and free chicken. And I got free chicken at him, didn't I? Yeah. You got chicken at him, <laughs> yeah. Uh- <laughs> I seem remember him playing in it at Middlesbrough now I could be completely yeah, wrong but I've got the in, in that Robson season that first Robson season at Ayrson Park I think Robson was probably thinking well let's give the lads a, a little bit of European football before <laughs> we get it for real and you know that didn't happen for another 10 years but um, yeah I do have very big and just one of those strange why, why is yeah, this, why, why this like, is who happening? dreamt this up it's like I always say it's not the person having the idea that I have a problem with somebody has a bad idea somebody has a bad idea I have a million bad ideas a day but um, it's the it's the other people who go. You know what? That's a good idea. <laughs> got a point, the idea yeah, you yeah. just had. Yeah, no. Why don't we just like call something through the week that nobody's going to go to, that nobody's going to care about? And and I, th- I mean, I can imagine. I wonder how many knots count. Where was the final played? Or was
0: it a two-legged? It's thing? It's a two-legged one? thing. Okay. So <laughs> home and away. I mean, it's it's a, it's a big away day for these mid-week sort of competitions, isn't it? Yeah. I know Champions League and obviously you know the European competitions are the same. But for something that was kind of strange and only a one-off for four seasons very bizarre um i think it ended in the end because of hooliganism as well i think that kind Mm. of that came into play um but a very strange unique 90s competition that um i don't think it's ever been talked about happening again when you talk about these european leagues i don't think everyone's gone do you know what we should bring back the (laughs) anglo-italian cup because the the
1: occasionally because the anglo-scottish cup was a big deal in Mm. the 70s, like yeah. a reasonably big deal, not like a huge thing. So, so and, But that kind of makes sense, because you sort of go, well, English clubs versus yeah. Scottish clubs. It's it's kind of quite well, an interesting. Well, we've talked
0: thing. about the league in revamping the League Cup before, isn't it? Those sort of options, getting yeah. Scotland teams involved. And it's not sort of out of the realms of possibility, but to randomly choose the Italian league is, is strange, but yeah, you're not you're not choosing
1: the country next door to each no, other, are you? All, you know, it's no. not like Or even like an Anglo-French union.
0: Yeah, that kind
1: of makes sense. I'm, I'm assuming because
0: just... Syria, our, oh, Italian football was so huge at that point, it was then hmm. glamorous choice. But who knows? But so that's that's cups covered. I think, um, although we haven't mentioned the Cup Winners' Cup, but I think that's a given. Uh,
1: the <laughs> well, European Cup Winners' Cup Winners'
0: Cup. Yes. Yeah, amazing. Bring it, bring it back. <laughs> first, proper Thursday night football. Um, but yeah. your next. Choice, uh, you know, memory from what you want to choose, Joe. Go for it. Yeah, I was, I was going to talk
1: about um, everybody believing football April Fools because they still <laughs> yes. happen now. Yeah, the, April, That's a the good football one. April Fools still happen now, but no one believes it because no. we're such so, we're so cynical in twenty seventeen, yes. aren't we? We're not going to believe a thing. But everybody's going, oh right, April Fool. But um, I remember people believing all sorts. Yes. Um, the the sun did a couple. Uh, one was the Predator headband, yeah. which uh, I remember Neil Ruddock doing the being involved in in the gag on it, where it was the predator. It was just a rubber headband with the Predator. Uh, I don't know what you call them fins on them, yeah. and apparently the Predator headband enabled you to um, head the ball a lot further with a lot more power than a, a regular header would let you do so that that was a big one people going oh this is outrageous this can't be done it's like having a tire on your head can will be doing that and then the, there was another sort of equipment based one which was david seaman and the big gloves
0: oh definitely the, that was the first one that it, came to my mind actually yeah
1: yeah david seaman and the big gloves and i'm going to give an even older sort of point of reference now but it's kind of like he had big kenny everett hands yeah when kenny everett did the big hands thing it was in the, the 80s lollies.
0: there but yeah all right I'll let
1: it go yeah well <laughs> you know um <laughs> I was going to say something bad but I just didn't move um, on <laughs> he's got yeah he's got the uh, and it's him with the big gloves and there was pictures of him like I, I don't know whether they went and actually did a photo shoot of I him did. in I the, remember in it, these yeah. enormous gloves and he, he was just sort of saving everything going oh won't this be brilliant for the future of you know defenders and goalkeeping and there was you know all the pretend quotes but the big one I remember and I'm going to sneak it in and I'm going to sneak it in because it was ostensibly concerned to the 1989 1990 season and I don't know whether you've talked about this before but the front cover of Shoot magazine ah, yes. that proclaimed uh, that proclaimed one day that Ian Rush they had the world exclusive that Ian Rush was signing for Everton from Liverpool and wasn't it a scandal and, and that was their front cover and people believed that that went on for you know that was, that was a well known thing and I went and found it last night and I was just like laughing at just nobody would do that now right.
0: Imagine going no, to an agent and saying, we want to do this idea for a front cover of... Ma- I mean, I work in magazines. I know how tricky yeah. it is to get a player to do anything, let alone something so controversial now that where social media would go mental. Um, mm. it's yeah. I, I... mean, there the, the, the would be death threats. <laughs>
1: yeah. I mean, there genuinely would be. If just for... And it, it's what is now... It, it, you can see it with, you know, with hindsight. That, that's a funny, simple gag in a kid's magazine. But now there would be so much trouble and you wouldn't be able to say, well, actually, it's a joke. No, it wasn't a joke, you know, in the post-truth world. Um, you know, you would have people believing that forever. And that would result in so much trouble for Ian Rush or, or a player of his ilk. In this era, as compared to that era, it's, it's insane the sort of stuff uh, that, that they sort of got involved
0: with. <laughs> yeah, that would mean when you said that, I, I, we spoke about it with Ian Cruz, who, who was at Shoot at the time actually. Go back and listen to our mm. magazine pod last season, and he said how well it was done, how much Rushy was up for it. But you just, like you say, can you imagine now? It, I mean, Liverpool Everton is a kind of different kind of rivalry in football where there's obviously it's heated, but there is that kind of jovial aspect to it where they sit together, blah, blah, blah. But you can yeah. imagine it in a North London derby, you know, if you oh. get, you know, someone like Harry Kane on the front of Kick magazine in an Arsenal shirt, it'd, it'd yeah. go mental. It'd
1: just it- be, or, you know, if you look at Newcastle Sunderland. Yeah. they just, or, you know, if, if suddenly, if suddenly one day Alan Shearer had piped up in a Sunderland shirt for a joke, I mean, that's, that would be, I'm not, I'm not going to say that would be the end of his career, but he would certainly have, it would certainly
0: be tarnished. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. It kind of says a lot. I mean, it's, it, it's Slightly off t- tangent, but how what players were allowed to do and what I mean I remember yeah. players you know every Christmas you got them on the front cover of magazines dressed in in Santa Claus outfits. Now it's really yeah. difficult to do that now this day and age. We managed to get Phil Jagielka at Kick Magazine in a Santa hat uh, just for mm. Christmas and that and he was up for it. But a lot of players won't do it. They they they'd see the, you know the image, the agent, the club, whatever reason. Yeah. And it says a little like to do something to go even further and do a joke like that. I mean, it was great mm. at the time. It's still I remember cause I can see the cover in my mind. Um, mm. We'll have to put it on Twitter as well for those who who don't remember. It is 1989, but I mean, Ian Rush was a big name in the early '90s as well. But yeah, mm. that was great. I'm trying to think of any more though. I mean, I, wasn't a, you say big hands? I think one story. I don't know if it was a newspaper or if it was a magazine at the time, but I think someone did big goals as well. I think that was an April <laughs> Fool's that they were going to make the goals bigger. Maybe
1: yeah, I, I seem to remember. Yeah, they were going to make. No, they were going to be like an extra sort of three feet each yeah. side or something. I do remember that. Yeah, because the Americans. America. Be, yeah. Because the Americans yes. wanted to have more yeah. high scoring. Uh, they wanted more goals because they were used to basketball and they were used to American football, where it was all about the points. And where they they weren't un- they they couldn't understand a nil nil or a one nil you know it just didn't make any sense to them. So to placate it was in the build up to the USA World Cup. Yeah. And I can't remember who did it. Yeah, but it was it was, was the, definitely yeah. then. Yeah. And it was all about for the World Cup they're going to make the goals three feet bigger on across <laughs> each side so there could be more goals because it'll improve, impress the Americans. And everybody's like, oh, why are we changing things to impress the Americans? Yeah. Why why are we? Do-? And, and I remember them being real grumbling kind of not outrage but certainly lots of people going well why are we doing that why are we doing that we they've already got the world cup <laughs> it's sort of like indignancy is probably the the word for it you know people get very indignant about why are we bending over backwards to accommodate them they should just watch it anyway you know so there was that ability i think whereas now everybody is just looking for it it's just yeah
0: they know it straight away as soon as april, it, it as soon as it's it's april cr- on twitter you're looking for it aren't you
1: yeah, yeah, or like you know, the uh, end of March. It's like right, okay, let's wait for the press releases. Let's see what's happening, you know. But that's um, that's the thing. Everybody believing it, not the fact that they happened, because they still do. We had yeah. this stuff about Slatan signing for Bayern Munich's basketball team. Yes, yeah, silly stories like that It'd still come out, but instantly you just got yeah, yeah, we yeah. Know we're too is, c- yeah, We're too cynical, Ash. Yes, I live in a cynical world. These, I long for these more innocent times where we would, were more gullible and we would believe silly, foolish giggles like this as opposed <laughs> yeah. to now where we don't believe anything we're told.
0: We don't, we know. That American no. World Cup is, uh, yeah, I remember that because the, 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 there was something about the penalties as well because when the MLS first started, they had the, the penalties that went from the halfway line, didn't they, which seemed like a they, well, fool's joke but actually did happen. No, they were wacky. I saw something, and I, I think I saw an old clip of uh,
1: maybe somebody like LA Galaxy playing a game, and they were doing that the other day. And I was just like, "Yeah, this is not hockey because that's that's the hockey. It's the hockey, oh, it's the hockey version. November. Yeah, it was yeah, more exciting. Yeah,
0: yeah. very, very. It's strange. like a 48 team World Cup, isn't it? But that's for another discussion and a different <laughs> oh, podcast. I don't
1: eat. Yeah. E- don't even. <laughs>
0: England v Haiti, anyone in 2026. Anyway, that's top 90s. Well, well,
1: well, yeah. all, it is, all that's about is just bringing out more teams to embarrass England. Yeah,
0: exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Who can beat England next? Didn't quite happen as much in the 90s, actually. It was only, it was only no. Germany, and that was quite credible.
2: Yes.
0: So I'm going to go now and talk to something that's very 90s. Um, I'm going to go to the playgrounds of the 1990s. Um, and this, I mean, this isn't just football. This was everywhere in the 90s, and but literally mm-hmm. just for this kind of few years maybe i was in secondary school if i remember the first few years so maybe sort of we're talking sort of 94 ish 95 ish um they were called pogs now i, know oh, I remember pogs yeah now now we've mentioned these probably way back on our uh collectible podcast where we talked about the mailing stickers blah 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 and we briefly talked about pogs for those who don't remember and think what is that word you know we've had rumbelows we've had zenith data now we've got pog <laughs> yeah yeah, I'm going to clear it up because it's a nice bizarre game. They were little cardboard discs. And I think the object of the game was to bi- to pile them up. And you had a plastic version, which was called a keeny. Again, a word that just some time has yeah. forgotten. And you you went... wouldn't get
1: these on Countdown, would you? No, not at all, no.
0: <laughs> I wonder if they are in the dictionary. I have to let that up. Um, you had to kind of get the plastic one and kind of hit the... The, the cardboard versions and if they flipped over i think it was the said, yeah. said player got to keep them that basically sort was like, the, the premise it's kind of like horizontal marbles
1: almost yeah. in a in a weird way yeah. so whenever you say the, whenever you say the word pog all i think is remember Alfie's back in pog form which is like a joke from the simpsons which he was like <laughs> what do you mean by alf what do you mean by pog <laughs>
0: like, these it is it's so like transported into that era and so they started as their own brand and i think the pog was an actually a little character if i remember mm. rightly Looks a bit like captain caveman or something like that but then obviously that took on so everyone else got involved. so you got branded pogs which then led to merlin getting involved because they're no, they're not silly at merlin let's be honest they know when there's a collectible oh yeah that's they're, great they're jumping on which is now tops and match attacks of course um, and they had their own, Mer- they were called Merlin magic cats, but everyone just called them pogs because that became the name anyway. And so you, you
1: know that you're the brand leader when you're, when, when your brand name becomes the verb.
0: Yeah, exactly.
1: Let's, let's pog, that's let's pog, hoover, yeah. Yeah, you know, exactly. Google it, Google you know, it. You know it. that's, that's so when you win. Um,
0: yeah, exactly. Although I prefer Pepsi, controversial, mm. um, <laughs> <laughs> but they the Merlins collection so you had the sticker collection that season I think this was 95 now I'm talking about because I'm remembering the kits and the one I'm looking at right now is Noel Whelan in that classic Leeds kit with the, Noel, the Whelan. Noel Whelan shout out to Noel trying to get him on Twitter come on the podcast Um, And they, I I don't think they were quite the game. I think at that stage, they became more of a collectible, especially the football ones. So they had every team. I had the the QPR version. I think there was five or six for each team. So I think the QPR ones had like Gallon, Sinclair, Danny Dicchio, people like that. Um, And they became a a new version of a Merlin collectible. So not only were you collecting stickers at that time, You were collecting these Merlin magic caps as well. And I think you might have found them in packs of Golden Wonder as well. Uh, Golden Wonder. Golden Wonder. Well, they did actually, saying that, they did their own version. um, What were they called? They were were for the World Cup Uh, in 1998. And you had a kind of... I think they were shield-shaped, actually, saying that now. But they had their own folder. It's in the book. Everything like that. But, yeah. (laughs) So, Pogs. Playground craze for about three or four years in the 90s have never come back. Which is strange when you consider... You know, stickers have stood the test of time. Cards, the coins come back and forth that you get from the the, the petrol yeah. stations. These sort of just went into the, the doldrums of the nineties, and never came back. Down the
1: dumper. Yeah. So yeah, shall we shall we stick with toys? It's, yeah, it's a go toys for it. You, can, yeah. you have talked about before, but I've got a story about them. You see. Oh, we don't mind. Go and, on. and you know, we t- Corinthians, yeah. man, say it loud and proud. <laughs> Corinthian toys. I've still got, I'm looking at now. Are, are you ready to ring your buzzer? Yeah, go on. Alright, I've got my Janino. Ding, yeah. <laughs>
0: ding, 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 ding. I have as well. I can see him from where I'm sitting.
1: <laughs> I have Janino, Terry Venables, um, Fabrizio Ravanelli, and Emerson. You know, the kind of oh, the Holy Emerson Quartet. One's yeah, the Emerson one. The Emerson one is ridiculous. When we went to, and, and this, this connection has just sprung in my mind, but when um, Middlesbrough played Leicester in the uh, League Cup final, 1997, um, I remember there was some guys walking about and they had it, it had enormous, there was an, a guy with an enormous, on the pitch, enormous Emerson head, and a guy with an enormous yes. Fabrizio Yeah, This might be a thing that's way out. And I think yeah. there was an Emil Heskey for Leicester. And I can't remember. I mean, I'm, I'm guessing it was Muzzy is it? But I'm not 100% on that. It was certainly the first three, and yeah, another. And they were walking out on the pit. And I've just thought, was that a Gundian thing? I wonder Could if that was been. kind of yeah. some sort of some sort of nod to that, or maybe it, it seems it, like it's a, the first the time that thought it was well. ever.
0: Yeah. Yeah, yeah from that time, would 1997,
1: 1998, yeah. where you go and spend one pound fifty on them or whatever. Because they had but the big ones have... at that
0: point as well. Like they called them headliners, I think. They had the slightly yeah. bigger ones, which would play into that. Yeah, that could be. Why must he? Like, it. He's not the most sort of distinctive looking guy to make some sort of a big footballer love, Is he? No, Strange but I think one. he was
1: kind of he, he was kind of a bit there him and Hesky were their main yeah, men I think yeah. at the time I Good can't think of
0: his big ginger head though couldn't you well yeah I mean it could have been him
1: yeah it's a distinct possibility anyway I don't want to talk about that game it's, upset <laughs> yeah. to me. it's 19 years
0: figures instead more excited but uh, yeah
1: so 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 yeah loads of these just buying them all over the place and they did that they did that weird sticker thing with them where you couldn't actually you could go to your toy shop and buy and I you know I was far too old to be buying these <laughs> things that was like 20 21 22 but I was going and going and buying them, you get them in town from the toy shop and that's fine, you could pick who you want, but then newspaper shops and corner yeah. shops started selling them but you, they were really really random so you so just end up with you know you could end up with a Muzzy is it you could end up with you know a Darren Caskey
0: you could end up with you know David Answorth is one I used to get a lot <laughs> yeah yeah did he wear six for Everton yeah and then the England he walk, figure of he... him bizarrely there was an England figure of him I don't know why because he, he's I think caps. he might have played once yeah, yeah it must have been at the time he must have been I think it was that Umbro Cup squad in 95, mm. I think he was part of. But yeah, and he looks nothing like him. So you always had to double-check that he wasn't another figure. But yeah, because they were in blister packs, six David weren't they? they? were always yeah. in blister packs that you couldn't see, especially the, Engl- the early England ones as well. And,
1: you, oh, you know, I seem to remember having Steve McManaman about four times in an yeah. England shirt, going, I'm bored of this. all so the dog's going. Yeah, so the postman's been. ignore the dog. <laughs> oh, well, that's good. And, but yeah, so, but then what they did, which was, you know, it's very clever, is... They, they discovered the people at Corinthian that by adding a little hook into the head, you could turn them into key rings. Yes. So yeah. they started selling them all as key rings. And my girlfriend at the time, I was in love with Gaza, went out and bought me the Gaza one. And uh I, I went I went, Oh, this is brilliant, thank you. You know, Gaza in his England kit, resplendent, you know, with the blonde hair, the whole lot, whole nine yards. And uh, one day I was working in a in a nightclub um that was a gym as well, the tall trees. In, uh, just outside of Middlesbrough in Yarm, which is now being knocked down. Famous football hangout. Uh, I saw uh, Ugo Ekiok smoking in there once. Smoking! How dare he? Big was Ugo. Terrible. And it, but it was the 2000s. It was the 2000s, so it doesn't matter.
2: Yeah. But yeah,
1: so I was, I was in there one day, and um, in walks Gaza, five bellies, um, and they're just swanning about, you know, because they knew the owner of, of the place and gaza's gaza you know he where be wherever he wants and walk around wherever he wants and, you know straight behind the closed bar and got himself a drink and etc etc and how he's like well i've got to say something gaza now i've like, ah, got it this when he's at middlebrook i've got to say something gaza so i realized that i had this thing on my key rings <laughs> so i went up to him and I, and I just went went doesn't look like you he went what are you on about i went doesn't look like you he went what doesn't look like me i presented the, the gaza thing out in my pocket i went this doesn't look Look like you he went, ah, I'm sick of seeing these things. Throw it in the bin. <laughs> 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 thanks, thanks, Paul. Thanks, Paul. Yeah, probably about 19, you know, too old, too old to be doing that kind
0: of thing. Thanks, Paul. Bye. But he's right, though. The Gaza one, especially the first, that, again, that England set, the first one, I think he had black. Mm. Again, it was when um, he, he went that bizarre yeah. few months of really jet black dyed hair, like Piers Brosnan or yes. someone. So the England figure in the first Euro 96-ish, 95, 96 Set was that, and he didn't look like him at all. The best Corinthian I'm putting my geek hat now on. The best of the Gaza is the Lazio one. I think which is a limited edition. Actually, I think I'm not, not really sure. But he's got the mask on as well. the The, the cheekbone mask that he yeah uh, Bazu- wow. was it Basu who broke his cheek if I remember right. Yes, yeah, the
1: French striker. Yeah, so yeah, he got did they both
0: put, did they both play for Rangers in the end they did yeah I don't know, if it, it like, wasn't the I don't know why that's popped in my head yeah yeah they did play for Rangers yeah but yeah so that's the best Gazza figure but the England one particularly yeah it wasn't wasn't great I've got, have I got that one yeah I've got it here I'll put it on Twitter later so um but yeah no cream fumes, I mean it, they had been revamped in this modern era they're now called soccer stars but they're not quite as comedic kind of cartoony I suppose you could call it as they were um in in the 90s when they first came out and some of them completely as yes, quite said, as much of a ever of a, have a caricature. Right? Caricature is the perfect word I'm looking for. Yes, I mean there you the, go. a select few. I've, I mean the, the my favourite one, which won't come to surprise to anyone who listens to this podcast quite regularly, is the Alexi Lalas one, which is a you know you're going to make a figure, a guy <laughs> with a kid, long ginger hair, ginger beard, and wearing the greatest kit of all time is is going to be one of my favourites. So I've got him. I've got Steve Stone again. I mentioned him on here a lot. Marco van Basten. Yeah, yeah, I think I remember having him. Yeah, so I mean done Dunsworth. David Unsworth, yeah. Um, when I was cleaning out my garage, actually, <laughs> a few months ago, I found a few. Some of them are still in their packaging, actually. And I found like ones that I never Ooh. even knew, but I had like Yang Mulby. Um, who else? Nice. Who else did I have? I find I think Ruddock was actually one, and he's Liverpool. King. I mentioned Ruddock earlier. Um, I don't know who bought me those. Oh, Frank Labouf as well. Massive bald head um, yeah. figure. So yeah, I mean, I love those. I've you know they're they're etched in very much the 90s time and again as I said they had bigger ones and I think towards the end of the decade Micro Stars came out which was the slightly smaller ones as well yes I remember them the very first set and the first couple of Premier League ones are very much we've got actually I think I've got that somewhere in our picture files of uh, the first Premier League set of all the a player from each club I think the Middlesbrough one I could be wrong was Jamie Marino it's, it's. I remember. Yeah, Jaime Moreno. Yeah, Jaime I
1: Moreno. Sorry. Yeah, from, Bol- it's from Bolivia. I always forget. I think he only played about three times. Yeah. So
0: whatever. He, reason, he
1: actually, when when Juninho got substituted in his first game against Leeds United, which the Premier League um, tweeted out last night, actually, which thrilled me, the Jan off goal. Um it, it was, um. it. was. It was Jaime Moreno who came on yeah oh, there you go. Yeah. so there you go I don't
0: know why they chose him very random choice to to make I, I think he was i
1: think he was possibly he was thought of he was going to be this big rising star and of middlesbrough uncovered a diamond and i think he played about six times for us and then went to d c united as i remember there yeah. you go
0: classic 90s team well okay before we move on i have told me the pod you had a tv one and our interview which we'll do after the next one you kind of connect that so what is your tv uh memory from the 90s joe it's kind of two things tied into one mm-hmm. um the first bit of it is local itv
1: stations showing local football yeah, matches they did
0: yeah the lunch so this will be different for us because obviously we had different variations yeah that would go on
1: well, we had, uh, we would get the big match, you know, yeah. or, or the tighties match occasionally. Uh, but in the Robson season, uh, the first season, we were on, in the promotion season, we were on nearly every week. Just on Tyne Tees, but I think which that's the that's our local ITV area, Tyne Tees. But that was split into two, so you would get the the north part of the area, which was Northumberland and, and Newcastle town and Weir, you know Sunderland, and then you get the lower half of the area, which was Middlesbrough and North Yorkshire and surrounding areas. And I th- suspect that the Middlesbrough games weren't shown in the top half. Uh, of the area I suspect they were still showing their usual Sunday afternoon fair like the Richard Whiteley show and uh, Hulk Hogan's Thunder in Paradise and that kind of thing <laughs> that they used to show on a Sunday afternoon uh, so we would get um, so we would be on you know and, and it seems so bizarre now that a team chasing the what is now the championship title was just shown in a very limited area of maybe 1.52 million viewers were able to watch that game, and it was very much, here's five minutes before you start, here's Roger Thames, who was our local um, commentator up there, who everybody in Middlesbrough hated because they were just convinced he just loved, you know, it, it, the bias was always towards Newcastle United, then maybe he's a bit sunderland, then we were on a kind of level with, you know, Harlepool, Darlington, and Whitley Bay, you know. <laughs> we we were, or At least that was our paranoia, you know. They, they'd, they'd probably deny it. We'd probably go, ah. So Roger Thames was renamed Roger Tyne by everybody, you know, and and, and Ty Tees was renamed Tyne Tyne because they were just obsessed with everything. You know, if if Kevin Keegan, you know, fell over walking down the street, that would be top of the news, whereas if we signed Fabrizio Ramnelli, that would probably be third story down. You know, so it's that kind of weird thing, but it was that thing of, he had five minutes build up the show to the match, and that was it. And it was the tighties match. It was local commentators, and it was it just seems now so bizarre that these games in that in that season of getting promoted to the Premier League were only available to us. And 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 a lot of the time, I don't think the other teams were were even taking them. I, I bet Luton. That uh, I'm, I'm guessing that would have been LWT still in the yeah, would it or maybe Anglia? I covered. Yeah, I bet they weren't showing. Uh, Middlesbrough versus Luton, the last game at Essen Park. I bet they weren't showing that in L- LWT. So that just seems so peculiar. Whereas now, something like that would be built up to the nth degree of wow, it's a He's some memories, and he's our long documentary. But if I had done all that kind of thing, where you know, I think they might have given us half an hour of chat and talking about memories and things. But beyond that, it, it just seems so bizarre now that your local ITV station was just allowed to go and pick and choose games outside the Premier League that they were going to show you know that's i
0: mean uh, did, did that happen with lgbt yeah, no it did there was i think it was called the big match i think i don't think it had a, a london-centric title if i remember rightly correct me if i'm wrong people on, on twitter or whatever but yeah but obviously in london there's there be more clubs there's you know considerably you know the, the top top clubs at the top of the league at that point so i don't really remember qpr ever getting much uh, yeah yeah on that, um, unless we were playing the big teams, you know, the big game that people remember from the early 90s is us beating Man United at Old Trafford. But that was actually a live game um, that ITV mm. showed um, as part of the big match. So, but there was a highlights programme over the weekend that showed, I think we might get like a roundup of literally just the goals of or whatever game we were playing. Or if we were yeah. playing a derby, you know, though the Chelsea derby, which is considerably bigger than it is now now. Um, I think that mm. might have got it. But it was very much, uh, you know, who are Arsenal playing, who are Tottenham playing, who are the big London teams at the time. Um, especially Arsenal in the early 90s. They were, you know, the league title winners in 91, the cup winners in 93. But yeah, I remember the it being London-centric. I actually remember thinking, why can't I see the other goals? Because, I want, you know, you want, as a mm. kid growing up, you want to see them all. You want to see not only your own team. Well. You want to see the, the, the clubs that have scored all the goals and stuff. So, yeah. I, I, well, that
1: leads us happily, be, very very Segway! very into... Ensley League Extra. <laughs> now, thing, there's uh,
0: another word, Ensley. Yeah, go on. Ensley League
1: Extra, which was shown at like one o'clock in the morning yeah. on a Sunday night into Monday morning. Ensley League Extra, an hour of just, he's the gold, no commentary, yeah. bang, 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 with Ensley. I mean, there still exist Ens, Ensley, they're an insurance That's company. But yeah, the insurance, yeah. Uh, and, and they're still on the go. But I was like, it, when I was talking about local TV showing football, I just thought, Ensley League Extra. And I went back and watched an episode and, God, it's terrible. I mean, God bless you, the people of Ensley and the people <laughs> who produced that show. But, oh, my God, it's so It makes you wonder like,
0: how people moan about how the Football League is treated by broadcasters in this day and age. And there are still problems with it. I hate that the midweek games are never covered under any TV deal for some bizarre reason, whether it was <clears> BBC <throat> or Channel 5, you have them now. But think back then when we, Ensley were the sponsor and we had a late night sort of show showing literally as you said the goals. There was hardly any commentary, there's barely a presenter. And it was You might
1: get the goals on the news yeah. if you were lucky.
0: Yeah. Well, again that would probably be the local news as well, I think, yeah. if I remember yeah, rightly. Absolutely. Yeah. So yeah, Ensley. Oh god, yeah. Good that they're still and, going though. And, and
1: well good for them. I mean yeah. obviously not though I mean I remember as soon as we got out of the league, it was it was then the dead Ensley league. Way we... Um, well, you so the song, like,
0: didn't it? They changed the song. You're going to, instead of going to Wembley, if you're going down. I remember the song used to be "You're Off to the end Yeah, so, yeah. It's, it's nicely to to that song. So,
1: it's always yeah.
0: nice when something scans. Yeah, completely. Well, talking, always, but that was. A terrible program, but yeah, sorry, I've just interrupted your link. Terrible. No, go on. If any more to say on the Ensley? We can keep going. Not
1: just that, just a badly edited, badly put together, on at one o'clock, in the, you know, just before Dead the Asian out. Bollywood film would yeah. be on, <laughs> you know, in the middle of the show. You that then you get you know, then you keep your programs for Asian viewers, you know. It's just like, why are you talking this really important programming on in the middle of a Sunday night, or Monday morning? Just obscene, but anyway, go on.
0: But talk, yeah, as I said, talking of, of football coverage in the 90s, and he wasn't someone who was involved in Ensley, probably could have been actually, if he'd stayed at the station longer but our interview days not with a footballer um, from the 90s we've taken a slight break with it this week and this guy kind of fits into the fact that he's very 90s and when i say his name you'll be like oh right i remember him from the early days of itv before sky took over the premier league and then bbc had match of the day that they brought back in 1992 elton wellsby was the jeff stelling of the early 90s covering the match for itv he even had the richard keys jackets to match and he, I spoke to him earlier today on Alive and Kick-In. Here he is, Elton Wellesby. Elton Welsby, welcome to Alive and Kick-In. Thank you so much for joining us. You were obviously a big face of football in the early 90s. Um, we're going to start off, though, by chatting with some recent news, the sad news of the death of a former England manager, Graham Taylor. He was a good friend of yours. Um, what can you Ash, tell us I, about, I'm, Graham?
2: I'm, I still haven't come to terms with it, mate. Really haven't. It's... Um... When I was the uh, the presenter for ITV in Italian ninety, uh, about four four or five games, you know, Graham travel with us on, on the. <laughs> you know, he was going to be the next England manager. He was going to take over from from Bobby Robson, Sir Bobby Robson, and um, you know, and that's the way we kind of build it. You know, the next England manager, Graham Taylor, is with ITV live at tonight's games, and you know, and. Um, you know, he used to tell me over dinner most nights, you know, what he wanted to do. One thing he said was he could see him building his England team around Nigel Clough. Oh, okay. Oh, he told tell, tell me that, yeah. Um, but on air, I, would, I always used to say... And here he is, the next England manager, Graham Taylor. And he'd, he'd sort of interrupt me because we, we got on so well. We he just interrupt me and, like, tuck my sleeve and sort of go, uh, maybe, maybe. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I'm very, very sad. I can't. And uh, my condolences go out to read and the family. And, oof. Dear, oh dear! Yeah, never true. saw that coming. No, Ash never it's saw it's that very coming.
0: sudden. I mean, as, as someone who spent a lot of time with Graham, obviously, is, have you got any stories you could tell us about the man?
2: Well, there was there was one particularly that um, I'll, I'll I'll never forget. And uh, he said to me one night over dinner, um, he said, "You're pretty close to Joe Royal, aren't you?" I said, "Well, yeah, yeah, we're good mates." And he said, "Can you sort out a phone conversation that I can have with him?" And I said. Yeah, so we, we went back to the, the hotel in, in Rome where we were staying and uh went to went to my room. I phoned Joe and Joe came on the line. I said, Look, there's someone here who wants to talk to you And it was about bossing the England um, under twenty one side. And that's what Graham wanted Joe to do. And uh anyway, I left the room out of out of courtesy and all that sort of stuff and um and um, he and Joe had a, oh, must have been a half an hour conversation. It cost my, my room Bill an absolute fortune, I'll tell you, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but I can live with that. And of course Joe did, but he was in partnership with Laurie McMenemy doing that. And, and Joe got a little bit frustrated because if the England under-21s won, then Laurie would take the credit. <laughs> and if they lost, then Joe would be stuck out to explain why they lost. So it, it 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 wasn't the happiest of marriages, so to speak, because um, you know, it didn't last that long. Joe got a bit peed off with his role, to be truthful. Um but yeah, I mean I, I it was the way he said it. And then the, of course the following night we're doing a match and now I'm Hundred and ten percent convinced that Graham's going to be the next manager of England, because he's already lining up his his team, you know. And uh, I'd say to him, "Well, you know, England manager is only a few games for Sir Bobby now, and, and then you're taking over." And he goes, "Maybe." <laughs> it was all. It was all written. It was yeah. done. It was done and dusted. You know.
0: Yes, it was. Wow, great memories there. Um, just switching then, talking about your career in the 1990s. I mean, fans of our podcast sure. will remember you um, as the anchor. Well, it's sort of,
2: le- le- yeah, late 80s to, the, I know you're very much a 90s specialist show, but it was sort of late 80s, you know, 86, 87, through to, you know, when Sky took over in 92. Yeah.
0: And it's, what's well, it's the match that we remember you most fondly for? ITV's the match. And what, what do you remember about covering football in the early 90s and, and sort of, the team ITV and what you felt like to be the front in such such an important show at the time?
2: I, I still can't believe I kind of did it, to be honest with you, because there were only two channels doing football then, BBC and ITV. And uh, ITV obviously got the contract to uh, to do the, the live football. and uh, I don't know, I, why me? <laughs> you know, from... Everyone else in the, in the country, so to speak, all the prospective broadcasters, maybe working local radio at the time or wherever. And, you know, I, I got the call from John Bromley, who was then the head of uh, London Weekend Television. Um, I was supported absolutely brilliantly by the head of Granada Sport, Paul Doherty, who sadly passed away 18 months ago. Um, and, yeah, it was it was... People used to say I was too young. They might be right. I don't know. But um, I had very, very good contacts and I knew people very, very well in the game. And we kind of settled into it after probably a bit of a sticky start. But, you know, we really settled into it. And um, it became an absolute uh, huge pleasure, but more, more, more a privilege than a pleasure to, to actually do it, to be the guy who presented live football on television mm.
0: Mm. I remember I remember it fondly as well on some of the early 90s games for you I mean, are there any games you remember from that period that stand out or, or what players you enjoyed watching of that era
2: oh gosh uh, not specifically Paul Gascoigne with, oh, without a doubt yeah. Gaza um no, I, I, I just, I'm going to come up with the best cliche of all time I literally used to take each game as it comes. I, yeah. I really did. Um, I, I'm an Everton supporter, always have been since 1962. So Everton weren't really up there at the time. So I, I was kind of, I used to have very much a, a, a neutral outlook um, to, to yeah. whichever game we did. Um and um, so, no there's, no, there's no sort of certain cup final standouts and things like that. But uh, the league games, I suppose the one, if you really wanted to nail me down, would be, and this is nothing to do with my allegiance to Everton at all, would be the, the game between Arsenal, uh, Liverpool at home, obviously, at Anfield and Arsenal in 1989, yeah. where Arsenal had to win at Anfield by 2 their goals yeah. to win the league. And they did. And, of course, Michael Thomas scored what turned out to be the winner in, in virtually the last kick of the game. I mean, that that was just a matter of enough, I was Bobby Robson was our studio guest on that day. And so Bob just kept saying, I don't believe this game. I just don't believe this game. He didn't mean the game itself, he just meant the game of football. <laughs> you know. And Instant John was also in the in the uh, in our little studio there. And he was sitting on a stool watching it with, with Bob and I. And when Michael Thomas scored that goal, Instant John fell off his stool. He he threw himself backwards as if to say, Oh no And the stool just collapsed <laughs> or so, we're looking down at the saints lying on the floor, <laughs> almost in tears, and Bobby's going, "I don't believe this. guy. I just <laughs> don't believe what's going on here." <laughs> and then, of course, we have to handle the the, the aftermath mm. and, and all that sort of stuff. But it was, ah, oh, that 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 really was um, a, a game and a half. I, I still rate it higher than than sort of Man City's. Victory a few years ago, you know, when Aguero was yes. called in, in yeah. the last minute. I, I still think that was a bigger achievement. Arsenal winning 2 0 at Liverpool yeah. by well, two clear goals at Anfield was just, I mean, you you just wouldn't write the script. No. You, and no, you and no disrespect
0: come up with to, it. Uh, I'm a QPR fan myself, so the opposition that day for Manchester oh, it wasn't, right. okay.
2: wasn't as, as
0: tough as it would have been, like you say, for, for Arsenal uh, at, uh, at, uh, at Anfield. So, yeah, I kind of agree with you. I think that was probably. Oh, that
2: was. But ITV, I went to do an interview with George Graham um, the morning of the match. Um, and and i have never forget, because you, you could see the liver building behind. And I asked him, you know, so the various questions. And uh, I said, well, come on, George, hand on heart. What do you think is going to happen? He said, all I'll tell you is, if we score one, we will score two. I thought, wow. That's, that's a, you know, as a journalist, you know, that's a blinding quote. Terrific. And you know what? At the top of the show, ITV didn't use that clip. Oh, I no. could not believe it. Nope. Didn't use it. How a disaster that was. And I was, wow, well, a disaster's a bit strong. I think because, <laughs> no, I do, because I think uh, you know, no one believed it could possibly yeah, happen. Of course, yeah. But he said it. And, you know, and indeed, it did. Mm.
0: You covered also you your go. role at ITV. You covered, like you said, Italian ninety and, and Euro ninety two. Mm. What was that like? Um, to each tournament, so Euro well, 92, Euro
2: ninety Euro ninety two was probably the, uh, the, my most uh, favourite like, four week period as, as an ITV presenter because okay. it was just marvellous. And I, I um, we basically went between um, Stockholm and Uterberg, which is. Gothenburg, but we always used to call it Udderberg because that's the way they pronounce it. And uh, Jack Charlton was was the guy that was with me all the time. And we used to say we all we used to we used to have adjoining rooms. So after games and supporters were in the hotel, so Jack and I would, would sort of go upstairs and not mingle and things like that. But we'd have adjoining rooms, so he could go. Come into mine, or I could go into his room, and we just sit, uh, sit there having having a few uh, gym Beam's and just talking about the game, talking about the tournament, and it was marvellous. It was it was a wonderful time, and uh, Jack and I became very very close uh, during that, and worked with him a lot afterwards on on you know uh, theatre dates and, and after dinner things and what have you, and yeah, so I regard Jack as. Um, you know, as a very good friend, and uh, we, we I'd say we—it was just ash. It was just fun. Everything mm-hmm. was just fun. That's all I can say. Yeah. It wasn't hard yeah. as a TV presenter. I was, I was. I'd like to think I'd hit my prime then, and I, I knew. I just knew what to do, how to do it, what to say, and how to say it. Mm-hmm. And so, in other words, it sounds very. Uh, Pompous. It's not meant to sound pompous, but it, it was easy, and mm. I, I found it easy. But with Big Jack and having fun with him and, and and all the rest of it, it was just a thoroughly enjoyable four or five weeks. Mm.
0: And what did you make of the tournament? Because we we discussed it previously on the pod. It's one of those tournaments people don't really talk about because. It being the smaller scale in terms of teams, and obviously England didn't perform very well. But for you being out there, what did you? Make no, the,
2: well, about? there's only there's only one story about ninety two, and that is um, Denmark being yeah, sort of, of pulled off the beaches, and you know all that sort of stuff um, because they 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 were they didn't qualify, um, and then sort of Czechoslovakia that 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 was that was them gone, wasn't it? Yes. Like, sorry, Yugoslavia. Do apologize. Yeah. Um, and. For them to go through and win it, I mean the final—I'll never forget the final because it was—it was like Jurgen Klinsmann against Peter Schmeichel. That was basically the match. It, there was a match within a match. Yes, yeah. you know, and Schmeichel was just absolutely supreme. He was brilliant. So too was Klinsmann, but he just didn't have his finishing boots on. Yeah, and it was terrific. I remember Ron Atkinson was uh, co-commentator. Uh, along with Brian Moore and uh, he was talking about Jan Jensen who used to play for Arsenal and was in the, the Denmark side yep. at the time. And uh, he said, I like this boy Jensen. He said, I like him. He said, the only problem is he can't finish. <laughs> and then he Brian, Moore, <laughs> Brian, Moore, Brian Moore picked up straight away and went, Jensen. Oh, what a goal! <laughs> and I looked, I looked at the, across the commentary position and Ron was laughing his head off. But he also had his head in his hands as if to say, what have I said? What have I done? <laughs> yeah. In fairness to me, was pretty... But that was a smashing He scored uh, one
0: goal for Arsenal, didn't he, John Jensen? He went on and he scored one goal. So I, big I one didn't know right. that.
2: Yeah. I didn't know that. <laughs> Rom was, at the time, we never thought anything of it. But it was literally, you're probably talking five seconds yeah that's that's all mm. until he was in midfield he was about 25 yards out and he just pulled the trigger Brilliant. and it and it went and it was it was no it was it was a, a glorious moment um certainly for for denmark and the danes especially after the story of how they they got that far but i, I always remember that that final for for ron saying that and uh <laughs> You know, Jon Jensen. Uh, seconds later, just just uh, proving Ron wrong. wrong. <laughs> Pretty
0: well. Thank you so much for talking to us, Elton. Some great memories there and, and stuff with Graham as well. Um, thank you very much, and uh, you're welcome, any back time on in the show again.
2: Well, it's very kind of you, and I, it will be i a, a, I'll use the word again. It will be a privilege. Thank, thank you. you.
0: Thank you, Elton. Cheers. Thanks a lot. Bye bye. Bye bye. Great stuff there from Elton. He is a name that is kind of sometimes forgot. What do you remember about Elton Wellesby, Joe? I mean, he's someone. It, it, he was the Jeff Stelling, wasn't he? Be, well, before I came on, uh, we had a little chat and, and mentioned him, and I said, you know, the, the
1: other day on YouTube, I just stumbled across. Uh, I think it was called ITV Results Service. <laughs> not just not a even very a
0: good name.
1: <laughs> ITV. It's the ITV Results Service. Like not even anything. You know, just like not full-time or yeah. final score or anything like that, you know, the bit dynamic, the ITV results service. And it, 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 it was him fronting it, basically him in front of a, in in front of a, a, a dark background, just chatting to people on the phone about, you know, this is what's happened at QPR. This is what's happening at Middlesbrough. This is what's happening at Manchester United, Liverpool, blah, 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 blah. And I think if you just go and look that up, you can see how kind of weird and staid it was, you know, and the BBC were doing the exact same thing, you know, they had the, except they had the Vidi printer.
0: Oh, the video
1: um, printer. Yeah, but he, he did sort of tend to disappear a bit. I think. I think once, I think once ITV signed, um, once they pushed Jim Rosenthal to do more, and once they got Bob Wilson. Bob Wilson, you know, Bob yeah. Wilson was a huge signing for ITV yeah, in the 90s, yeah. uh, and before uh, Desmond Lynham went over to do the Premiership for yeah. them. But and Matt uh, Lorenzo
0: as well, they had, didn't they? I remember I, I, Matthew ITV. Lorenzo. Yeah. Crikey,
1: there's a 90s man. Yeah, I think to remember somebody somebody doing a comic strip called Matthew Lorenzo's Oil, which is two nineties things kind of
0: <laughs> Yeah, that, yeah, <laughs> yeah. He used to do Sky Soccer Weekend as well. There's another nineties program before Sky Sports oh, News, Sky Soccer Weekend on a Friday night. Yeah. Goodness These, me. Yeah, this is a really bizarre story. Complete tangent. Run, I when that was on, I think it used to be on at six o'clock on a Friday, um, Sky mm. Soccer Weekend, and he used to Because it was Sky Soccer Centre. Yeah, Before and Sky Sports that, yeah, and it basically thing. used to yeah. all those little magazine pieces that you just get used to on Sky Sports News. Now they're all just lumped in together in one hour of one show. Um, yeah, but looked like the, whatever Sky Sports Centre looked like at the time. And I, as a kid, wanted to watch that all the time. We only had one Skybox or cable box in our house, but so some I had to watch it alternate weeks. And the other thing I had to watch that my sister argued was some Naff Nineties game show with Bruno Brooks. On Sky One, and it had something to do with dating and love. Oh, love at, love at first sight! Something, something like it that.
1: Love yeah. at first sight. Bruno Brooks. Terrible. Yeah, and he was wearing a terrible suit. Yeah. one of those flecked. I, I can absolutely remember. I can remember seeing adverts for it again yeah. in the middle of the wrestling.
0: Yeah, love at first sight. Yeah. Ter- yeah, awful
1: program. There's, that yeah.
0: is the reason I miss some. Probably quality journalism on a Friday night. The well, sky. I'm
1: sure that Shooter sure sure. would have been full so, of that sort of stuff. That's... Kids don't know they're born now, actually. Exactly. 24 <laughs> they
0: hour news? No, we have to wait I had, Friday I had to watch six Bruno o'clock. Brooks? <laughs> Once a you know. Good old Bruno. Act as a penance. I used to get him and Keith Chegwin mixed up as well, bizarrely. I don't know why. I, I can
1: understand why you would do that, yeah. Yeah, I, I, I get that. Small yeah. little
0: presenters, maybe. Yeah, I don't know. Anyway. Bruno Brooks' real name is Trevor. Oh, bless him. Trevor Brooks. Never
1: wrong, <laughs> wrong with Trevor. Trevor Brooks,
0: Match of the day. There we go. Ninety.
1: Oh, yeah. oh, he's a lovely man. A lovely I, once man. Had, I once had a sausage and mash with uh, Trevor Brooks. <laughs> the stories Sir are all Trev- coming out on today's Sir show. Trevor, Sir Trevor Brooks. Sir Trevor Brookings.
0: Yeah. Anyway, yeah. my next thing that I want to talk about, actually kind of going back to what we were talking about at the top of the show and... Uh, Brian Robson and his brilliant combo suit and, and uh, shorts that he was wearing on <laughs> upon making... It, I'm still laughing. I'm it's still, still laughing it's a great at that. Picture, it's a great picture, but it got me thinking, the player-manager role is something that after after 1999 and going into the next sort of century, slowly but surely, and yeah. particularly now you never ever see and I was thinking, you know, look, think back to the player managers we had in the 1990s, so Robson obviously at Borough, yeah. Rud Hullit at Chelsea, yeah. Yarley at Chelsea, yeah. Yeah. Glenn Hoddle at Swindon, Ray, and Wilkin. Ray Wilkins, Ray Wilkins and my own club that I actually yeah. haven't written down, <laughs> 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 Peter Reid at Manchester City, um, yeah. John Aldridge at Chamrier. they were all pretty successful to a certain Good. extent at doing both roles as being a decent sort of vet in their team, but also I mean Viali and Hullet won honours, cups, Aldridge did very yeah. well on a smaller scale at Tranmere. you know, Brian Robson obviously got borough promoted, Ray Wilkins promoted, yeah. didn't obviously do as well in that role than <laughs> some of the others, but that you know, not all within
1: I think it was Steve McManaman, uh, uh, not Steve. Steve McMahon, sorry, at Swindon as well. I yep. think remember in those... Yeah,
0: exactly. It's it's a role that kind of maybe in today's. This is obviously I haven't researched this as much as I should, but I don't know if in today's rules of coaching badges and FIFA licences, it's, it's do or... both. It's a harder role to juggle. Maybe you can't do both, or maybe that's a rule that. That's come in. It's not something like yeah. I'm aware of, and I'm worked in the industry. I mean,
1: did because well. when Giggs took over at Manchester United, he wasn't still playing. No, he wasn't, he, he just did the said, four games. Yeah,
0: I'm gonna. That was it. So he was. I mean, I from what I saw a stat. This is going back to 2013, so there might be a might be some more since then. But I think Edgar Davids is one that I thought of at Barnet. But there's only yeah. there was only thir- there's only been 13 player managers in the football league since 2000. Crakey. Which, when you think of the '90s, that was probably in a couple of seasons. Um, it I mean, was
1: almost—it was almost like you were. It was—it was it a was transition thing. But again, you didn't have to do your, your badges no. then. It would be, why don't you come and play for us for a bit, and then and then you can run the place, you know. You know and that was it. But I, I can't imagine how you'd be able to do both. It's, I think the, the sport, was,
0: yeah, has moved on, and the role of manager, I think, is is so much vaster than it probably was in the 1990s. That you know, Attilio Lombardo was someone again at Palace who became player manager, which was bizarre when you think about it. Because his English was never even that good as well. No. So he was brawling, helping him out. I wasn't brawling I think he was assistant. Like, like assistant coach, player coach, or something like that. So <laughs> at the time, I think the only thing he was assisting was the, the sort of food bill at Crystal Palace. But
1: um, seeing as we've mentioned, sorry, I just need to jump in and go off on a random tangent. But I've just, be, I've just remembered that brilliant bit of commentary from uh, Brian Moore where it's Brauline and Darlene. Oh, and he, and he, yeah. he, he sort of sings it to the tune of Jolene by Jolly yeah. Parton. <laughs> does, yeah. oh,
0: Broline, Darlene, yeah, Broline, listen our, Darlene! Listen to our Euro 92 pod from the last season. That's a good show. That was we called the Forgotten Tournament. Um, yes. But those names I mentioned since 2000, I mean, they're all very 90s as well. Andy Priest, Stuart McCall, Noel Blake, Tony Cotty, Andy Hessen Tyler, Paul Groves, Paul Simpson, Gary McAllister, Dennis Wise at Millwall, Paul Lintz, Cole Fletcher, not the one from Dream Team, uh, yeah. and Gareth Ainsworth, uh, who, who did it at Wickham before becoming full time manager yeah, as well. Yeah, it's, it's, I've never, it's, it's not, so, and it was always a big deal because, yeah. you know, as,
1: as like happened with us, we signed the man who was going to become at the time, you know, he was going to be the next ma- manager of Manchester United, obviously yeah, that didn't work out, but he was, yeah. he was, yeah, he was coming to Middlesbrough to come and do his apprenticeship, but he was going to help us get up back because he still had plenty to give as a player. And he did in that first season. Uh, and I think he played a couple of times in the Premier League for us. I seem to remember him turning out at centre back when we got a good whack at Arsenal one day. Um, but, yeah, it, it it has absolutely vanished. I've never yeah. even... It, it, it's gone so quietly
0: that I've never even yeah, it was, when I looked at that picture last night and after we were chatting over email about, you know, what things we could talk about, I was kind of like... It, it was kind of... It's like planets aligned slightly in terms of actually thinking about it. There's, where has the player manager gone? But I think, mm. summing it up, I I think it's a role... Partly to do with the coaching badges and partly because it's, you just can't do both anymore. And you can't just rock up and be, you know, you're looking at your 38th birthday and thinking, oh, I'll just become a manager now. It doesn't work like mm. that anymore. You need you know A for coach license, blah, 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 blah. Although, you know, some have skipped around that. But just Gareth Southgate, did he go straight into managing or was he player managing at Borough?
1: He was no, he, he As soon as he got the job with uh, us, he said the game, the game. against Seville. The u s Cup final was his last game, game for us, and then he instantly. And, and and Southgate, sort of on a bit of a tangent on that, you know, a lot of the players who played under Gareth uh, Southgate, who had been his teammates when he was captain of the club, just said he went too hard line straight away. And put a lot of noses out of joint by going, I'm gaffer now, I'm in charge now. I can't remember who told the story, just like. Uh, oh, it, it'll be it'll come to me. I have to look it up, and what I'll do is I'll tweet it to you and tell you. But somebody told a story about how uh, he'd always been able to laugh and carry on with Gareth, and they'd always had a laugh together. And and in a particular thing, a point of comedy was Gareth Snows. Ah uh, right, yeah. And Southgate asked him to do something, and I'll have to find out who it was because I can't remember. But it's in their book because it was serialized uh, in in the Gazette, I think, at home. And um, he said um, he, he just said, "Oh, would you mind doing this?" He said, "Oh, big nose," and it, and then it resulted in a total dressing down in front of the whole thing. So I imagine that aspect of it, when you've been mm, playing balance, with people yeah. who you consider your friends, and then you're all of a sudden the boss. I, I imagine that might come in it. I suppose it's easier if you go to another club. And you suddenly become sort of player manager, but uh, beyond that, uh, that's where I would, that's where I would, uh, that's what I would think the problems came yeah. from. I would I'm, have thought, but no, it just does not happen. You don't happen even, anymore. even when a player sort of says, "That's it." That's so
0: odd. I'm going to have to go and look into that now. You said my mind racing. <laughs> Although, on, a, on a, a slight note, Cole Fletcher did actually play and manage Harchester Harper, Harper United as well in the later years. Of yes, Game he team, did. If I remember, yeah. right? it was
1: that after one of the many many deaths crashes of the or managers? Yeah, or, absolutely, yeah. Because I remember their first manager was the bloke off El Dorado. Oh, after Ron Atkinson? Ron, was after the first, Ron Atkinson after yeah, right, Ron. was first. After Ron Atkinson, yeah, right. Yeah. And then it was the guy off El Dorado. Yeah. Yeah. Bring
0: back Dream Team. Um, we've got a few <laughs> things left we want to talk about. Um, Joe, go on. What else have you got on your list? I said, well, this is one for you. Yeah. You'll, enjoy, you'll enjoy this.
1: It's a kits one. Yes. <laughs> it's uh, club badges not appearing over the heart, oh. then being shifted round various places on either the chest. Yes. I remember Liverpool, Manchester United, uh, I think Chelsea as well, Newcastle United, all at one point had the club badge over their uh, central, the Sternham, is that But is that we call that? England, yeah, England, England as well? The Night had Hike, their, yeah, had their, Had their crest over the Sternham Park. But us, again, sorry to everybody who's not listening bother me talking about Middlesbrough. Middlesbrough, in a very dashing move, uh, decided in the 96-97 season to move the club badge onto the r- 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 left arm, I think, as I remember. But yeah, it was definitely on the arm. The the Borough Crest was on the arm in the Ravenelli kit and that kit that you like so much, the one that looks like the flag of Finland. One, done yeah, the on one a, you never wanted,
0: yeah. that, yeah. one that won in, yeah. The one that we never won in.
1: Yeah. it looks like the flag of Finland, but done on a Spectrum hundred and twenty eight kit. Or with a Crayola, yeah. Yeah, yeah. We never ever won in that kit. But yeah, in, in that kit it's got the our shirt sponsors at the time were Area. The, the kit manufacturers were Area. who've just been announced as like...
0: QPR's new kit supplier for next season oh good luck with that <laughs> uh, <laughs> anyone who's seen Norwich kit this season this is a 90s link which is a homage to their 92-93 amazing kit which is also by mm. ERA anything of that they want to bring to QPR next season do it and, uh, carry on Joe.
1: <laughs> you'll be able to buy it by about October if you're lucky that's how, <laughs> it's how it turned out with Borough <laughs> oh crikey um You know, now we've got three strikes, we're more than happy. But yeah, weird positioning of the uh, of the crest of your club crest. Instead of being over your heart where it belongs, it's easy to kiss there. You know, to put sort of where your heart is. That's where your crest is. But no, on the left arm, bit wrong. Over your sternum, bit wrong. It was just really, weird. I could see what people were doing, the experimentation. Yeah, well, know, it was the nineties,
0: and that's what kits. You know, the kits in the night, as we've discussed, literally on the last pod with John when we did our top five. I don't think it was any very of,
1: good. I enjoyed that one.
0: Any of those? I don't think any of the kits we chose actually had the badge anywhere else but the the normal position. Did his?
1: Did the? I, I don't think the Newcastle, the Newcastle away. I'm trying to think. Did did that? But. Um, I quite like that kit shames me to say but yeah the moving about of the uh, club crest on on shirts is just very peculiar and right. I don't think now due to the fact you've got to have your Premier League badges yeah. your uh, other you know other uh, FIFA Fair play or kick out races and those kind of badges because they've got to be in a certain place there isn't that sort of freedom of movement
0: no but they don't even put it in the middle <laughs> yes. anymore it was a very much kind of Sort of time thing that they did for a few years. Then went actually, you know what? It's probably better off where it was. Let's move it back because it hmm. kind of makes it kind of makes the middle of the shirt all kind of go into the middle. So you kind of got this big space either side of of whatever's in the mid, like the badge, and then you have the number, especially in the World Cup. Yeah, you, you kind yeah. of have this big gap then either side. So unless you've got a striped shirt, which is kind of probably enhances that, or even a hoop shirt, because we had a I think our ninety five ninety six view from. There's another 90s Whoa. name. Um, kit had the badge in the middle um yeah it doesn't really work it's not for me i I was one asked ask uh john devling our kit expert i'll ask him next time he's on if he was a fan of that um I thought you were going to say when they used to have the badge inside another massive badge, which was very 90s as well. Oh, God, kits. yeah. yeah. That was,
1: it was almost like the badge, and then like it was almost like a trophy. Yeah. that Something that you'd want at school, or like a swimming trophy <laughs> yeah. or something like that. I think it was an Umbro yeah.
0: thing, if I remember rightly. I think because I remember on a Forest kit, City, United, United. Yeah, I think it was an Umbro thing, like the laces we talked about on last Times pod as well. So, yeah. Well, seeing uh, as actually, we're talking I, kits,
1: before we move on, before we move on, I do have a bone to pick with you about these 90s kids. <laughs> what did we forget? Uh, you might you might have said it, but it should have gone in your top five. Fiorentina at home uh, with you know the what? Nintendo did... sponsorship. Yeah, I mean, come on,
0: the classic. We didn't actually do. I don't think neither has picked foreign kits, and it was one. Well, you picked the USA kits. Well, no, international... come on, that's not an excuse. International Ugh. kits. We didn't. I didn't yeah. set the rules, so maybe yeah. we'll do one further down the line. That's. Because sort of, that, that
1: Fiorentina, bright purple,
0: yeah, sponsored by Nintendo. That's
1: I think I think it's made by Feeler. Yeah, that's it is a pretty kit. much yeah, as nineties yeah. as it gets.
0: Oh yeah, I'm a big fan of the Sandoria kits of, of that era as well. I still yeah. like them as well. Yeah, yeah.
1: like the, the ones that David, David Platt wore. Yeah, absolutely.
0: Yeah. So maybe and, yeah. and,
1: and Basto, was he there?
0: No so he played no he was Fiorentina yeah Roma <laughs> he played for Roma as well yeah but that yeah. was later that was in the, in the next decade but yeah so but yeah talking of kits I had a kit one as well and it's again it's something um we briefly talked about on the first kit pod uh, back at the back in the last season, which is goalkeepers' kits in the 90s, because <laughs> if there's anyone who was on something in the 1990s, I looked. I
1: looked at a lot of them last night. It, there is some strange. Yeah, ones. it was
0: probably the kit designers. At every no one was. You know, they were all guilty. Every company yeah, yeah, went yeah. to town on goalkeeping kits. Um, I, I mean, you can put. A, I could put a top five, but just mentioning some. <laughs> the Liverpool ones always stick out for me. The Carlsberg oh, yeah. ones, which had them numerous squiggles all over them um, in different colours. There's a one that David James used to wear that I think is purple and green and white. Oh Yes, I remember that, yeah. Um, I think the away was orange and black and yellow with all these weird squiggles. Uh, Tim Flowers and Asics, they had some shocking ones. When
1: I was looking last night, and I think there's an article on BuzzFeed, maybe, that I was looking at last night, and I think... Of all the goalkeeper tops that the showed, I would have said 90% of them were Tim Flowers in them. Yeah,
0: it was the 90s kind of um, ASICS range, especially when they won the league as well. I mean, QPR had a, a ghastly one as well. It was early 90s and that was made by, I think it was Clubhouse. I think it was our own one. Um, bizarre. It was bright fluorescent yellow with some green fleck on it. I love it. And it's been my life's mission to try and get one. but Trying to acquire one. Yeah, not even eBay or, my, or our friends at uh, Classic Football Kits uh, have managed to track one down yet. But it was just, I mean, I'm all for license to go crazy on football kits. It's something that's missing in today's. But they really took the biscuit when it came to, to 90s kits. Can I you mean, remember that? Can you remember that weird England away that looked like a
1: drumstick lolly? The red one. Oh, wow! Well, had all this... the different squares yeah. of colour what, on them. I'll tell you what,
0: Joel, that is the last full kit, and I'm talking full kit W, that I bought. Yes. So I walked down <laughs> my street, and I think I even went to Bexley Heath Shopping Centre, if anyone knows of that area, nice. shopping in that full-on shirt, shorts, and socks, because I couldn't believe how just disgustingly brilliant it was. The refreshers <laughs> kit, as I like to call it. Yeah. It's so like a pack of refreshers. Um, yeah, I mean, I mean, David Seaman jokes about it because it's such an horrible, really design. But it was so. But then people forget the home kit. It's just as bad. It had yellow and then this blue yeah, kind the, of the triangle-y. The blue. I think he's wearing that in that April Fool's joke that we mentioned earlier. Yes, he is. He is. So, yes, he is. Yeah. yeah. So you I mean I'm, I'm just looking at a couple now. There's, on, there's on... some. Email. I mean, the, there's one. I mean, Pony did. You know, they lived up to their name. Pony. Is
1: that the is that the, Shaka Hislop, uh, the West Ham? One? That it's one. I'm looking Dr. at the one.
0: one as well. With Paul yeah, Jones is ugh. wearing. It's all very kind of abstracty. Lots of blocks and colours and stuff. I mean, I'm all for it. I you know I love it. But it's it was very much they didn't care in the nineties. A goalkeeper. Even Man United. You remember the classic Schmeichel. The green and blue. Oh, the green and blue, or the purpley blacky one that kind of uh, merged into each other classic 90s goalkeeping kits and I'm Ruh. all for it bring them back
1: Ooh, Should to... just wear green or maybe yellow
0: oh I've just seen a great one I don't even know who's made that I think it's their own make from Leicester Casey Keller it looks like some sort Casey of weird Keller. targets been made into it looks like some sort of desert strike storm game from the mega drive nineties. in the <laughs> <90s> that's just <laughs> the background's been plastered onto a kit but no, that's, yeah, fantastic. I love the Gold kits in the 90s. Um, so maybe I'll do a top of then one day as well because you could just go to town on those. So they would be mine. You mentioned you had a couple more... Things you want well, to a, so we go, Joe?
1: A couple of sort of honourable mentions. Yeah. I was going to say football videos by people who've got nothing to do with football. <laughs> yeah. I'm more, I'm happy with Neil Razor doing one. I'm happy with Danny Baker doing one. Just I'm about yeah I'm not particularly happy with Joe Pasquale doing a football oh my God, video. Oh, God, did he do you know?
2: one?
0: <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. What a gaff's it's one. like. That sort
1: of, yeah, like a, a, go, a, a Goals and Gas, and, and they're still occasionally like cropping up now as DVDs. I don't know who could possibly be buying these things. Um But yeah, sort of football videos by people who have nothing to do with football, I think. And sort of, you know, happy with Frank Skinner and David Baddiel, happy with Danny Baker, happy with any sort of ex-player. Not so happy when you're getting into the Joe Pasquale, sort of that level of light entertainment. No. <laughs> really. No. Uh, very strange. Um, I, I just thought this was a little bit uncouth to talk about, really, but um, an honourable mention for uh, uh, somebody urinating down your back at football matches. No, old right.
0: happen, Happened, to me, happened
1: <laughs> to me in the first. Happened to me in the first time I went to the Hall Gate and probably scared me off for about four years. <laughs> so, <laughs> so you know, there's that kind of thing. Those, those are my ones. And uh, another one that I mentioned to you, which I think you might be saving for another for another podcast, but Airson Park.
0: Yeah, away. The to, baseball yeah, ground, games, yeah. Gr- sorry, grounds, yeah, uh, grass or grounds, grounds that don't, grounds that, exist, don't ex- yeah.
1: grounds that don't exist anymore. Those sort of oh, those sort of really tatty horrible grounds that you you don't get anymore because everybody's replaced the grounds, and for the good, I've got to say, you know, I, I wouldn't mind a little standing section somewhere as long as it was safe. But oh my god, some
0: horrible times. In- <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> in the
1: I will game. definitely
0: do a grounds one at some point because that's yeah, it's good to to remember. The only other things are a couple of one I want to mention. I will mention the club call. Because oh, so, that is that is something, you know, forget, you know, you think it's, you've got Twitter, Facebook, whatever, you know, 24-hour news. We weren't treated to that. We had to dial oh. a pretty expensive phone number. 4898. Yeah, to just get any, and it, let's be honest, a lot of it was absolute rubbish as well. But it used to come up, if you go on teletext and you're looking at the scores or the mm. latest football news, along the bottom, I always remember it used to be, so and so club in talks with so and so, and you with
1: amazing <laughs> Italian striker.
0: Yeah, and you're kind of like, I have to ring, I have to ring, and what you get would be some like sort of tidbit from the newspapers that was nonsense. Then an interview with the club's number two goalkeeper or something like that that you had to sit mm. and listen to before you got the the big news at the end. But yeah, I ran. There was a big, nothing anyway. There was always nothing anywhere, Yeah, so I got yeah. I mean, I got quite a, a big phone bell from going. Oh my god, ring club I- call, I've got to find out if it's true and. <laughs> Yeah. Again, that, there's,
1: the Simpsons ga- there's the Simpsons gag about it where Homer's is trying to get uh, tips for the American football from, I think it's Smooth Jimmy Apollo, as he called the guy. And he wings up and, he's go- and he goes, In the game between Sin, <laughs> Cincinnati, Sin, Cincinnati, at Cincinnati. He, it's like, oh, I'm not doing this, and he just stands up straight away. But that's how it was. It was very slow speech. It yeah. was teasers. They weren't ever really telling you anything that you weren't going to get at four o'clock from your local newspaper anywhere. Uh, absolute license to print money. Wish we could bring it back. <laughs> yeah, it's a good way to bring <laughs> money. Is there any chance we could do this on a podcast on oh, no, a on a line? People can ring up. And oh, yeah, ring pictures.
0: up, ring up, alive and kicking. Our own club call cool version. Yeah, mm, that's all right. Number. <laughs> you can make
1: and your a spe- another specific one, um, the boys are a bit special in 442 magazine. Yeah. I don't know whether they still do that. They don't do it. No,
0: I... they don't do it anymore. No, they had a recent revamp, but even before that, I think it, it went quite a while ago. But yeah, I mean, there's some great names in that. They were doing it oh, well, for a long a bit... time into in kind of to the next decade. It was like, I would say five years ago maybe they got rid of it. But yeah, that because big...
1: I, I used to use that as a little cheat. I would sort of go and get 442 every month because really, those are just an incredible. I know you talked about magazines before. But just an incredible, groundbreaking magazine, yeah. And and then they do boys a bit special. I think I first found out about Julian George in, in oh. that one, which I know you talked about with Sid, yes. Um, and uh, and and that sort of, I think the nebbles I remember seeing in there. You know that that kind of, and obviously you had a lot of duffers as well and people who never made it. But you know it was there where you. You know, suddenly you got the game, and there is Julian George. Oh right, I've heard a lot about this lad. He's XYZ, and it wasn't anything that I knew from any anything that I'd actually seen with my own eyes, or particularly on the telly, but just the way they wrote about it. And you could, you know, pass their, pass their opinions off as your own. <laughs> yeah.
0: I think you know what problem with that as well is that where you know the internet has risen and. Articles are needed on websites on a daily basis. Those yeah. sort of articles, you know, here's ten players who are going to be fantastic in 2017. They yeah. do them on a regular basis, and I think it made that feature in 442 redundant because they then had to look even further afield and guess at someone who probably might or might not make it. You're only um, seeing
1: their YouTube best ofs.
0: Yeah, exactly. So I think that's part of the problem. I mean, that's that's a magazine problem, full stop. In terms of trying to get something new that's not instant. Um, in, in magazines but yeah 440 obviously great 90 minutes is something I always think about in the 90s as well because that pretty much lasted the whole decade and that we talked about mm-hmm. in the magazine pod um, the football pools was something I was going to oh, briefly wow. mention because the football pools followed me on Twitter the other day I so it's still, still going, going. Yeah. <laughs> But it's. I remember they tried to relaunch
1: it as a kind of lot as the lottery. Yes, basically, so you could go in and you could go in and mark your numbers off of what were going to be your score draws, and you just go in and guess. You could pick whether you picked seven or eight, nine or ten or whatever. And I remember them relaunching it as a lot restyled things the post the pools, but it is still on the go.
0: Yeah, it's still. I just remember the version in the nineties where people used to literally come to your door. And yes. collect every week on Thursday afternoon. Remember, yeah, but my dad used to be like, Quick, get the pools, mark it down. And, and, pools they, used to, and they used to have it on the video printer, didn't they? After the final scores, they tell well, you, you what kind get, of
1: you don't get that three, one, zero. It, it, the, it, the points to the right hand side of what the result yeah, was, you know, and, or, and,
0: and it used to say it's moderate, not it? At the yeah, end of it, po- to the, um, yeah, pools panel C.
1: No score, yeah, draw. <laughs> exactly,
0: yeah. Oh, my wife always calls that man the most boring man in the world. <laughs> the football score. Noise. She reminds me of being young and being bored, but we love him. Um, I'm sure there's many things we've forgotten, and um, there's many things Indeed. in the book that I can talk about that we could go on all day. but we'll have to end it there. Um, hope you've enjoyed our little look back at things that we, like to say, tied to the 90s. I'm sure we could do another version of this later in the season. Uh, many thanks to Joel. Thank you for joining us as always, sir
1: always no, always a pleasure never a chore
0: Ash. exactly we'll talk to you again soon and i'll be back next week we're going to start very soon and possibly the next time we're on um, we're doing a season by season look back at the 90s so i know we've done bits and bobs here and there but we're going to kind of look at so from 1990 to 91 all the way to the 98 99 season we'll go season by season look at the highs and lows the fun bits the look not so great bits um with our guests so that will be starting possibly on the next podcast but keep on your eye on Twitter uh, to find out which we'll be doing in the next show but until then as always keep it 90s